Once our Lord had ascended into heaven, the church had a problem. How was one to conduct oneself with the Savior in absentia? Of course, the question thus posed is a little skewed because Christ remains with the church in the Blessed Sacrament. But his invisibility there puts him at some distance from our senses. It seems to me that by leaving us the way he did, he was putting us on our honor, so to speak, leaving us to our good behavior. Would we be faithful, observant, righteous in our ways, firm in our believing, even when he would leave us for a time? Certainly, he's been taking his time coming back to earth, as he assuredly said he would. Is this delay not an occasion for us to be lax? I'm thinking back to the time when Moses ascended the mountain, and on account of his delay in returning to the people, they abandoned themselves to lewd practices and made the idol of the golden calf. I'm also reminded of my school days when the teacher would leave the school classroom. Would we keep in good conduct while she left? This kind of problem was faced by the early church. I would like to quote a bit from the second letter of St. Peter. You must understand this, that scoffers will come in the last days, following their own passions and saying, where is this promise of his coming? Forever since our fathers fell asleep, all things are continued as they were from the beginning of creation. But the Lord is not slow about his promises, as some count slowness, but he is forbearing toward you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burnt up. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? Therefore, beloved, since you wait for these, be zealous to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. God's absence is a testing of our loyalty. Will we be reverent in our ways or be crass? You see very well for yourselves the decisive movement in our day towards the latter. 
just how bold, how defiant, how much do we dare to do if we think that God forgets or turns away, that he doesn't see us or mind all that much? But this kind of thinking is the very preconditioning for what the scriptures call hardness of heart, the state from which there's no return. It's the sin against the Holy Ghost. And this is its usual path. First, one begins to sin repeatedly. Consciousness of evil then begins to be overcome by a self-defiant spirit of independence. God, the only obstacle to complete willfulness, must then be denied. And the end results are the excesses of widespread perversity, immorality, and the suppression of God, atheism, with its temporal punishments of a lawless society, crime, misery, sadness, depression, murder, and then the oppressive controls of totalitarianism to maintain order. And that's just for this life. The eternal consequences are far worse and irreversible. But thoughts of eternity are being entirely erased from men's minds, which itself is another punishment for sustained malice. We're a bold people in this 21st century bold only in perversity. But we are never before weaker in moral virtue and reverence. The Lord's away and we play. Thinking we're getting away with our deviant choices. And those who have not gone so far are in a great minority. But they have either become complacent about the inevitability of this outcome, or they themselves have become partially complicit in this state of affairs. There's altogether too little opposition to the corruption, and there's altogether too little prayer and reparation for the horrendous wrongs which offend God and are sorely inflicting suffering on humanity. In the ascension, our Lord became the object of our hope. We should want to be with Christ. We should long to have a share in his resurrection. We should yearn to be freed from the sadness of our sins and the miseries of this life. 
We're much in need of this hope in this time, and hope in many senses. First, that we will always persevere in Catholic fidelity until death. Second, in hope also that Christ will come to help us in our plight and reverse the sickness of the world. And hope as well for the forgiveness of our sins and for the blessedness of eternal life. Our Lord has gone up to heaven. He can no longer be seen with our eyes. We must hope in his promises and be on our best behavior in order to obtain the object of our life, the goal of our faith, to be with him forever. Let us not use his distance from our sight as an excuse to lawlessness or to joining the mob of evildoers. Let us keep a tight control over our senses and be diligent in the reverent practice of the Catholic life. We must fear the judgments of God, for we have become bold in our defiance and in our laxity. At the same time, we long for him to come, not only to redress the wrongs, but to be the blessed object of all our longing. In the words of the introit, I have sought your face, O Lord. I will seek it. Turn not your face away from me.